a lot of people just sell by themselves. They want to kind of like not pay the fees. So when you're purchasing abroad or there specifically, like the seller might not be paying any fees to the agent if they are even listing it with the agent. Uh, just to, like they kind of do it among themselves it seems like too. So it's not like here though where like everywhere you go and you talk to someone like someone's a realtor. It's a little less regulated over there. It's not like there's no MLS, there's no Zillow to kind of make it easy looking for properties. Welcome to the Freedom Chasers podcast, where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories, successes, goals, and dreams of real estate agents and real estate investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom. All right, guys, today I have the pleasure of interviewing Sarah Hartstein. This is a world traveler from places, all, I mean, again, all over the world. I mean, we're talking about Croatia, the Bahamas, Costa Rica, Japan, all of these different places. So she's gotten to see the world. And she's going to bring her expertise to you today about how to do some out-of-country investing, particularly when we're talking about Croatia, where they own properties. And so this is going to be a really fun interview for me because I'm always wanting to think bigger in life. And right now, I'm confined to the U.S., and so I am personally excited. And if you're thinking about maybe maybe I want to get uh, better returns or just have adventures or whatever the case may be, thinking about investing out of country, this is going to be the conversation for you. So Sarah, take us in first and foremost. Like, what is like what created the love for you in travel? Um, just kind of getting away from the normal nine to five. I've always known that wasn't really for me. I, you know, you're sitting with at your coworkers, talking with your coworkers at work, and you're kind of like can't wait to get off of work. I want to go travel. I mean, honestly, it just started so young. I had a um, micromanaging boss. He kind of like pushed me basically out of the office. I just thought, hmm, what do I do here? I grabbed uh, my passport. I even got it renewed the day before I left because it only had about eight months left on it. And I wasn't really sure what I was going to do. I left for a one week vacation on a yacht week and ended up staying 11 months traveling. And I was before that I was trying to get my CPA license. I was trying to be a partner in a firm. And once I started traveling, I just knew that was uh, CPA wasn't really on the list anymore. So, yeah. So I'm imagining there was some process from, from pursuing a CPA license to being able to, to go out on yachts and travel a lot. So kind of tell us a little bit about the journey. Well, I just um, ended up putting in my one-week notice and I hopped on a plane and went over there. Honestly, that was just it. I honestly just... I studied at UCSB. I had my business economics degree. I was studying for those CPA exams, like flashcards, like walking to the bathroom. I'm tired all day long. And I just thought, what the heck is this? Is this life? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? I've always had like in a spontaneous, like different type of, I don't know, personality, different type of like want in life. And I wasn't really sure what I was doing with that. I thought, do I just want these like letters behind my last name on a business card? And Ended up, uh, once I finally traveled, it was just, it was so clear. I just thought, there's no way I'm going back to that life. And I just got to figure out how I can travel and work and make it happen. I, you know, like anyone else, I thought I could maybe do a travel blog or do something like that. But it ended up turning into uh, working remotely for a position that I was working in, um, a finance position. And um, once that let me go over there and travel, I figured... Uh, I'm not sitting in an office anymore. And I'm just, now I'm here and I'm an investor. I have passive income coming in and I'm hoping to scale that as we grow. So, so I mean, it's really just as simple as finding an employer that would allow you to work remotely. And that obviously sets you free on the traveling journey. 
Pretty much. When I had my interview, he said, my boss said, um, we have an office in Chicago. And at the time I thought, hmm, maybe I'll move into Chicago. I can kind of like do that kind of thing. And once I got to the office, it was a converted uh, penthouse type of apartment in the funk zone in Santa Barbara. Very cool apartment. And my very first day, like my office was like the countertop of a kitchen counter. It gave me a laptop. There was no mouse. Like he basically trained me to work remotely right away. And so as I was doing that, I just realized, um, well, I kind of started by uh, asking for like a Friday off and, and I would like work remotely from a Friday and show him that I could do that. And then a Friday and a Monday, and I was doing this quite frequently and it was kind of going past the radar. And then I asked for a week off and I just like worked my butt off to make sure that I could get all my work done. And then I asked for a month off. And then when I got back, I was very prepared to ask to work fully remotely. And I was also prepared for him to say no. And I was prepared to quit and just do it anyway and do the whole traveling thing anyway. But luckily, um, they found some value in my work and I was able to keep my job and travel. And from there, I moved to Bali. Um, I went to New Zealand. I traveled in a van in New Zealand, um, went to Tasmania. I did, I mean, we went all over the place. It was very cool. It's a very cool experience. And I'm very, very thankful I got to do that pre-pandemic, pre-children, uh, lots of good experiences there. What's been your most memorable experience so far in your travels? I mean, I'm, I'm a freedom girl, so I, I like the uh, freedom chasers here, but the van life was very cool for me. Um, I love the freedom. The second you get into that van, I remember just going and looking for the vans. I remember um, trying to figure out which kind we wanted. Are we going to renovate it? Are we going to buy one, you know, done up? Uh, what are we going to do? It was, it was easy for me once we got into the van. Like you just travel around, you park, you make a cup of tea, you make your dinner, you like sit, you watch the sunset. It's like the simple life. And that's kind of what I like. I never wanted to, I seem to complicate my life a little bit, but I don't want to. And that was a very nice way to just, sit back, relax, and just kind of let it happen. And I was working remotely there. So I had a little desk in there on the table that converted to a bed at night. Like every night we get to take the table and the bed and turn it into, or the table and turn it into a bed. And um, there was a couple days where we actually went off. We we're just driving on the freeway and there was this sign that said like waterfall. And we just like turned on it and ended up on this really cool road. It was called, um, oh gosh like the forbidden highway in New Zealand. And we just went on there and all of a sudden, like my, uh, my service was going away and I just kind of didn't care. We just kind of kept driving. And I knew that I was gonna have all these messages from my work when I got out of there. But um, like at the moment, I was just like, this is, it's all about living in the moment. So yeah. dealt with the messages later. So you're having these amazing experiences. You're traveling the world. When did you get cued into investing in real estate? I've always loved like the idea of investing in real estate. My dad started a mortgage company like way back when he thought he was the first one to start mortgage companies back then. And um, that's when they were making like 17%. Now there's what, like six. Yeah, it was wild back then. Um, but I've always been interested in it. I even, when I lived in Santa Barbara, I was actually Airbnb the rental that I lived in. So on the weekends, I would put my place up for rent and I would like get in my car and just drive like, to drive all over the place. I drove to Oregon one time and just like had fun experiences. Like I said, I love the freedom. Um, so yeah, that is kind of where it started. I just saw like an opportunity to, I basically lived for free in Santa Barbara because I was able to do this Airbnb thing and that wasn't even my home. Um, 
So when we did go traveling abroad and we did the New Zealand experiences, I sublet my apartment for more money than I was renting it for. So I was able to do that. And then it was like a temporary thing. And he ended up asking me, hey, can I, uh, I like this place. Can I keep it for like another year? And I'm like, sure, let's do that. And then uh, pandemic hit, he left, I had to come back and we started a family. And yeah, once, once we started a family, it was kind of like, hey, nesting time. And what are we going to do from here? And uh, well, we can get into that in a little bit if you want. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of where the Croatia starts. Yeah. Okay. So t- take us into Croatia because I know that's a big part of what you guys love and what you guys are doing. Yeah. So uh, when we, we came, my partner is from UK. So he was like stuck without any flights going anywhere. Um, we were about to go and so we had to wait for that all to open up. Everything was very perfect timing when it came to it. When we came in, when we got in, the flights closed within a couple of days. We got there, so we were lucky to get in. I think if we would have stayed in New Zealand and the guy in my apartment would have actually wanted to stay in my apartment, I think we would have been stuck in New Zealand in this van, like without anything open. That would have been kind of wild. It's kind of fun to think about. But um, yeah, I'm not sure what, because that was the only country or one of them that was like didn't let anyone in or out. They were kind of smart about that, I think. But um, yeah, so luckily we got to come back and we went over to uh, England and then we told his family the news. And then from there, we obviously love to travel. And so where are we going to go next? And Croatia was one of the only places open at the time. And uh, I had been there before and he had not. And in my head, I had kind of like what if there's like a property available? I don't know, but I didn't really say anything to him. But once we got there, I was like looking at properties. I was like, I don't know. It was like almost like I had totally planned it, but I didn't. Um, And so once we got there, within eight days of being there, we had an offer in on our property. So we like started right away. Um, It was also kind of something to do. You know, it was kind of fun to look for the properties. Um, Yeah, honestly, it was a very wild, it's super spontaneous. And I didn't even tell my family or my friends about this purchase for a very long time because I had no idea if it was a good idea. I didn't know what I was doing. It was my very first real estate purchase. And I was just in this like pregnant, like nesting mode. I just like needed a little family, little home spot. And we had, you know, it was our first child. So we ended up getting a one bedroom. Uh, We now have two children. So we've easily outgrown that spot by now. But um, it's it's been such a good investment. Like right away, um, it was being rented out and... We, I mean, before we even rented it out, we were like, hmm, what's all the costs for, you know, utilities and the insurance and what's it all going to be? And we ended up doing some math and it was only going to cost about fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars a year if nobody wanted it for some reason. This great little apartment that we found because uh, there's no property tax over in Croatia. They tried to kind of implement it, but they the locals couldn't afford it. And so they vetoed it. If they're smart, they might... Uh, implement it for foreigners at some point, but I'm not sorry. Yeah. I'm not going to give them any ideas or anything, but right. um, yeah. So right now there's no property tax. There is a VAT tax when you make the purchase. Um, yeah. It's, the utilities are cheap. The uh, it's really, really fun actually to, to have that because no matter what happens, it's not like a burning a hole in our pocket. Like maybe if you buy something in California, you got a mortgage and you got to deal with that. And for some reason there's like nobody in there for a month or two. Like I said, my dad was in the mortgage company, so he owns, several properties in, in Los Angeles area. And uh, he's always talking about how things can go wrong and how he had to put a new roof on and how he had to, couldn't get his tenant out for COVID and, you know, all this stuff. So he, I don't think he really lost too much, but 
he was always talking about like the problems and I was just kind of sitting quiet, like, yeah. you know, ours is rented. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I'm super curious, like what, like tell us about the rental laws there in Croatia and, and some of the things that you learned since you've owned this property. Sure. Um, well, the, the tourism taxes are also really, really affordable. So when you rent, when you buy a property as a foreigner, you either have to start a company or you have to have a property management company rent it for you. Um, which is why, you know, what I, part of, part of what I do is I help coach people on how to manage their own property from abroad or from anywhere. And it's very, very easy to do. It's kind of like if you own a property in another state, it's like, you can get a property management to do it, but you really, you kind of could do it. Just some people don't really want to. Um, so the taxes turn into like a hundred euros a year. Like no matter how much, no matter what, it's like you make 10,000, you make 50,000, it's like a hundred. And, um, and then there's another one that you pay. It's, it also turns out to be about a hundred a year per bedroom. They do it per room, per bed. So we have one bedrooms, um, another hundred and you pay it quarterly. And that's, that's really that. What do these properties cost to buy, generally speaking? Um, well, when we started, they were looking at like 120 to, it depends what you're looking for. You want a small mm -hmm. apartment? Do you want a villa? Do you want to, there's like 3 million looking properties for 1 million. Um, the, ours is like this really cute little apartment, uh, really like luxury style, has a view of the mountains, view of the ocean. Um, five minutes from the beach, 20 minute walk to town, grocery stores and coffee shops and all this stuff right around. It's in a quiet little area. It's really, really cute and under 200 for that, but it's going now for, since we've bought it, it's up a hundred grand. So in split, everything has kind of gone up to about up from 20% from a few years ago. Yeah. But I would say starts from, I don't know, you can find things for like, hundred you want to renovate it a little bit like there you go or you can buy a turnkey i would say now you're looking like 250 to 350 for a one or two bedroom apartment and then it goes up from there everyone who listens to our show knows tim and i are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing we also know that everyone's situations and goals are different and while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom Many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times that you've watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. The results prove this out. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secrets that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is not something that we're okay with. The benefit of working with Tim and I is that we are interviewing between five and 20 people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven-figure strategies and gotten inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We're able to work with you to pick the strategy that will best fit and then help you create the custom plan to take you quickly into financial freedom. As a former math teacher, I always taught my students that the fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us. And let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. What sort of income? I mean, is most of the income coming from travelers from afar, local people? What does the income look like? As far as like the economy there? 
Yeah, exactly. Like like if, if someone bought like a two hundred fifty thousand dollar, you know, or three hundred thousand dollar place, that's pretty nice. Like similar to maybe what you you would be buying. What what sort of, sort of income would they relatively be able to expect? Um, well, in the it's like depends on the time of year. Um, but since Croatia has just opened up this digital nomad visa, and like a lot of other countries in Europe, this, this is going to be a very popular thing coming up because a lot of them are opening up like this, allowing people to live, you know, their long term. Um, it's looking like, I mean, we were easily getting four grand a month from ours from June, June July, and August, and uh, we like rented it out like. Like every single week was rented by the week. I like to do it like between like minimum four to seven nights. I don't want it to be like in out, in out, um, just to give the cleaners a little break. Uh, but we had this one person who reached out to me in the middle of August and said, because we had like one night in between all these weeks. And he said, look, I'm looking for a place to stay. Like, is this available? And it was all super late at night. I was in California. And I said, I'm really sorry. I don't have like anyone to clean it for you. And he said, I don't care. There's nowhere else to stay. Like I will we'll just go, I let him in and um, he slept on, maybe he found clean sheets. I'm not sure what happened, but he left the next morning. Then the next day the cleaners came in for the next people. And I mean, that is wild to me that it's like, you're stepping on toes to find a property. And what's kind of cool about Split is um, it's kind of like San Francisco-esque. Mm-hmm. It's only got so much space in it. And so it's not that necessarily build up, but they, they just so much space. So and there's not that many hotels. Like I think it's like forty or forty or sixty percent of people that are staying in Split are staying in Airbnbs because there isn't hotels really. Opposed to like Greece, I think it's like twenty percent are in the Airbnbs. It was like something very, very, you know, diverse like that. So it's been a um, a really fun experience. I had no idea that I was going to love it so much. And we, when me and my partner were doing this, we kind of thought since we travel so often that we would like to purchase like a little apartment like this in two or three different countries if we could afford it. So that when we go there, it's free. And then we rent it out when we're not. And um, I'm very, very, very good at finding resources, finding contacts, like finding the right people. I don't know what it is. My dad always said my mom was very good at finding good doctors and good lawyers. And I'm good at finding good properties and good contacts. So I don't know, maybe it runs in the blood. But um, yeah, so instead of you know, searching around like that, we decided to just invest again in Croatia because we already had the cleaners, because we knew it was safe, because we knew it was successful, because we loved it. And we ended up buying the next two properties over the phone um, with the same agent, same lawyers, but yeah, very, very similar experience, but different. Like, so it's very cool to have done both so I can advise on both and what's going on in both. Um, yeah, I would, uh, I would recommend not being afraid basically to step up into something you're interested in because it is the prices are only going up. It's only being more and more popular over there. Like right now we're kind of going through a separation. So we're considering putting our properties on the market and it's killing me inside, but our properties are up a hundred thousand dollars each. And I think they should actually be maybe even more a little bit than that, you know? So, um, they're, they're going to do well for themselves over there. They just moved into the Schengen area. They just adopted the Euro from the Kuna. And every time I go there, it's just, it's thriving. It's doing really well. So it's fine. Yeah. It's so cool to see. It's a beautiful place. My goodness. I know. It's like under the radar or something. I'm not sure like 
why not many people have really been there or heard of it or what's going on, but more people I talk to, they're like, yeah, I've heard of that. I want to go in there. And and it's just like more and more and more. I think since pandemic, since they had it open only to Americans, a lot of Americans were going there, getting it more and more popular. And it's it's definitely busier every summer that we've been there. So, so not, not that I love that, but right. <laughs> it is happening. Well, it's great for your property values, right? It kind of kills a yeah, little bit of the, yeah. of the small vibe that you might be going for. So if someone's thinking about investing out of country, particularly in Croatia, like who, who should they be as a person? Where should they be at either financially? Like what's, what's the prerequisites to, to feel good about investing out of, out of country? I mean, you don't have to have any prerequisite. I would say it's a really nice, it's like a travel-esque situation. You're like buying into a lifestyle. You're not really buying a property. You're not really buying just like, a cheaper property in another state in the US that where you just like never wanted to go visit and you just let someone manage because it's just this like weird thing that happens to make money. It's a good return. It's great, but you don't really talk about it to your friends. You don't invite your friends to stay in there and you don't vacation there. Um, so if you like traveling, if you, that's a pretty good requisite, I would say. If you like to travel, if you like the new lifestyle, if you want to you know, create a, um, a very fun conversation for yourself going forward with your investments. You want to diversify, you want to, um, relocate at some point, maybe you want to, um, retire and that's going to be your little home that you're going to retire in. I don't know. There's so many options for it. I know in America, it's pretty easy to get low money, like, like low money down, no money down. You get to create a finance. A lot of the people I've interviewed that are from overseas are like that sort of lending institution is not as free in most of the countries outside the U.S. In Croatia, what's it like to get lending? That's right. I didn't really touch on that point. So I would say you uh, it's good for cash buyers. It's good if you have cash. Um, for lending, I actually know a lender in California where he can help you with your portfolio that you currently have. He can kind of go through what you have and he can pull some cash out of your like current properties and he can allow you to, you know, invest abroad with that. Um, as far as invest, as far as uh, lenders abroad, it's limited. Um, there is one bank there that does foreign, foreign loans. Um, I've never worked with them, so I'm not hundred percent sure, but I do know that you still need a higher percentage down. So you need 40% down for apartments, 50% down for villas. But the thing is with that is the property prices are also lower. So it could kind of equal out to like a 20% down on a bigger property. Um, what about things like creative finance? I mean, is that done a lot over there given the lending is so tough? I'm not quite sure about that. Yeah. So that'd be something that I'd be curious. Maybe we could circle back on that. So I know yeah. when lending gets tough here in the U.S., like back when your your dad was opening the mortgage company and the rates were you know, in the 17, 18%, the, the vast majority of thing. And the reason there wasn't a lot of mortgage companies is people would just sell their ho homes, you know, through contract for deed or installment sale, depending on what the term is. Now that interest rates have started to rise, especially in the U.S., given like the high prices, there's a lot of seller financing, creative financing going on here. I'm curious, hmm. you know, maybe there's a play there. Well, there, I know a lot of people just sell by themselves. Is yeah. that, if that's kind of what you mean? Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of that. They want to kind of like not pay the fees. So when you're purchasing abroad or there specifically, like the seller might not be paying any fees to the agent if they are even listing it with the agent. Yeah. Uh, 
just to like they kind of do it among themselves it seems like too so it's not like here though where like everywhere you go and you talk to someone like someone's a realtor it's yeah. it's not like yeah it's um it's a little less regulated over there it's not like there's no mls there's no zillow to kind of make it easy looking for properties it's there's no signs up really i don't know i don't know how they're selling them on their own maybe word of mouth maybe to their well, I know that they also don't really sell their properties if they're from there vocally. They kind of keep them in the family. They bring them down, you know, to next generations. The people that are underneath one of our apartments, there's like two generations in there right now, you know, and, and I always look at it because we're in a little like three unit. So right next to us and then underneath and my dream is to own all three um, one day because we have this really cool like roof kind of top on top of ours but we don't have the access to the rooftop so the rooftop access is in the apartment next to us so if we were to create some sort of and i like love rooftops i like a lot of people do um so yeah it's like i have a nice little dream to like kind of create some kind of rooftop up there obviously you'd have to check into the foundation and all that stuff but you almost have to like buy the people out so that it's okay i think because they are local and they're just kind of like they don't care about that kind of thing but they also don't want you doing all kinds of construction in their, in their stuff. Totally. Yeah. Um, so tell me, I mean, rooftops are going to be very important there, especially for people that are traveling, right? Because I mean, everything is for the most part, it's right along the coastal line, right? I mean, like when you're looking out, you're seeing beautiful views of the ocean, you got the mountains and the ocean, like basically right next to each other. Yeah. It's very, honestly, when I look at it and when I see it, when I'm on their balcony and looking out, it reminds me of Santa Barbara. I know that's going to sound wild, but we have like the mountains up there, like the Riviera, and then we have the ocean right there. And I have a view of both of them for under $200,000. Like take my money. Like I'll do it again and again and again. Like there is nothing that would stop me from doing that. But I will admit if I didn't do this with my partner, I, I don't know if I would have, I, I know I wouldn't have just gone to Croatia and like bought in a property. Not that he, he had experience in, in buying property, which I did not, but um, just having him there as a comfort zone was kind of like, if I go down, we both go down kind of thing. So it was, so that's why I kind of like to offer my service too, as like, not just a handhold, not just a trusty handhold, but like, if you, if this is something you want, like, I will make sure that this something that happens for you and mm. it's uh yeah it's definitely been really really fun so far just having all the conversations anyway just talking about it it's I'm so passionate about like what I've done for my own life and I know it's just and I'm not even like a high you know valued investor I don't have like much money to just keep keep doing this over and over again right now as much as I would love to so for someone who is kind of just like stuck in in the US and they have their like beautiful properties here and maybe they just want to like have a little villa on Havar Island where they can go to and rent it out on the side. I mean, it's, it's like a dream come true really for anyone. I would think. That's so incredible. What about, and I know you're not a CPA and everybody listening, we're not giving tax advice here. We're just having yeah. a friendly conversation between me and Sarah that you could listen to. If you want to take any of the things we're saying, check them with your CPA. But what has been your experience with like, how do you file taxes? Um, do you have to file taxes in Croatia and then deduct whatever you pay over there with what you pay the U.S.? Like, what's been the the overall like tax scenario? I know it's low on on uh, property tax. What about income? Um, well, no property tax, but the income tax is. I, I just turned in my ten ninety nines to my CPA and I let her do the work, so it's not 
any different than a 1099 I was getting for my apartment in Santa Barbara. <laughs> um, I haven't noticed much of a, of a difference there. Wow. Cause it feels like some countries you can invest in, it can be a lot different, but here it's just like, so you, in your opinion, it, it would not necessarily be for most people, a huge hurdle to invest in Croatia from a tax perspective. How cool. Um, I mean, because we're looking at visas now to live abroad. So we're looking at um, visas to go to Portugal and Spain. And I'm noticing that, and even Greece, there was some tax stuff where you have to pay, you know, 20% or there's like a whole bracket of how much you make and what. But um, that's almost like daunting a little bit to think, what, I'm gonna have to pay taxes here and over here. I'm not, so I'm still working on that. I don't, I don't know all the details and I can't give any advice on that, but I'm just trying to say that there are countries that have this tax kind of situation where you might be doubling a little bit. Um, but yeah, like you said, advise with the CPA. Right, exactly. What are some things that you've learned from Croatia specifically that whether it just be quality of life or like what has Croatia done for you that maybe the U.S. has not been able to do? Um, they, they teach you how to slow down. They teach you how to slow the heck down over here. It's like hustle and bustle. If you're not working, you're not doing something right. If you're like out at lunch for too long, your boss is going to tell you like what's going on. You got to get in. It's been in 45 minutes um, over there. When you, you see everyone out to coffee, it's like their thing. Everyone goes to coffee uh, and for hours. And when I say hours, I'm not joking. And when you're going across and you're walking up along the beach, they're, everyone is in the beach. They're playing. They're not just like sitting on the side, like tanning. They're like in the water. They're playing. They're you get grown men. They have this game where they like bounce the ball back and forth. It's like this little like I don't know little ball, and they bounce and they play it for so long, and it's so fun to watch. And they're like jumping belly first into the water, and they're like seventy year old men. I mean, it is hilarious, first of all, and they're good at it, and it's fun. So they just like know how to live their life. They kind of like don't work that much. They work through the tourist season mostly. And then they kind of like chill and relax the rest of the year and kind of live off of that. They're not money hungry. They're not, um, I mean, of course they want to make enough money to live all year round, but it's, it's a very slow, very simple, very cool way to live. And that's right up my alley. And I think a lot of people can, even if they're not like that, they can go there and kind of immerse in that and kind of like, like settle into that a little bit. And then they can come home and do their thing. Or maybe they come home and like take a little bit of that with them. And that's probably a little balance that everyone kind of wants. Amazing. What is your vision for your life and business in the next 12 to 18 months? I'm just looking forward to have more conversations and getting more people interested in this whole idea. I realize it's very new right now. And when I talk about it, people are almost like, wait, what? Like, how would I even? And once I start to explain it, they're like, okay, that's uh, that's interesting. Like, let me, let me get some more information on that. And I can just, I picture this honestly being a huge boom in the real estate industry, like how we, whatever we're doing here in the US, there's gonna be a lot of movement over in, in Europe. And um, even if we don't wanna relocate and we just want this property, even if we want like a little spot to like run off to just in case something really crazy goes on over here. There's a lot going on over here right now. And so you have your little hideaway spot. I mean, even just today, I found a property in Italy. It was kind of on the outskirts, but it was $28,000 and it was a three bedroom and it was adorable. And I was even almost like, wait, I'll just like do that and just live there for a little while. Because I mean, I've, I've recently been looking into Norway and only because when you look at these properties, they 
are nice, beautiful houses overlooking the fjord. And when I thought about buying something there, it wasn't for the location. Like I'm normally very location, like get into the center, center of the city um, or within walking distance. But with this one, it was more like, I just want a little place that I can escape to. And I just want to like have like a month a year where I can bring my family. We can like deactivate our phones and just kind of like live amongst each other and just like get to know each other again and like have these fun opportunities and get in a van and travel around. And um, so, yeah, there's going to be people that want that as well in Italy and France and in other places. And they're, they're very, out, very much out there. And it's, it's a really fun, like there's a budget and a lifestyle basically for anyone over there is what I'm trying to say. Sarah, thank you so much for sharing about your life and your business. Thanks for giving us a glimpse into Croatia and Norway yeah, and Italy no, and all these amazing places. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. I would love to love, yeah, I just would love to say too, if anyone is interested in, um, you know, meeting up or having a conversation about this going forward and seeing how I could potentially help them, uh, you can reach me at brezaconsulting.com, B-R-E-E-Z-A. And I would love to get in touch with anyone that's interested in, making a new lifestyle and a new um, investment property abroad. Amazing. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to obviously some off camera conversations about it because I've had some great friends go to Croatia recently and they rave about it. Um, yeah. And so guys, if you're out there listening, write down something that you learned from today or that you could take action on. Maybe it's just like, Hey, you're still stuck in your nine to five, or maybe you're just trapped in the agent life where you're not able to get anywhere or go anywhere. Like this is a great uh, lesson that Sarah taught us today where you can get out there, you could travel the world, you could structure your life a little bit differently, you could see the world. And so write something you learned from this episode, share it with somebody you know so they can hold you accountable. This freedom is acquired one action at a time. And if you take steps day by day, before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show. 